One, I want, us to, I want to help us to understand our position in prayer. And the second part of it is to inspire us to pray more. The disciples of Jesus came to him and said, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples to pray. For too long in the body of Christ, we've left prayer to be caught rather than teach prayer. I don't know about you, in my household, I never sat my children down to teach them one, two, three steps of prayer. I figured when they hear me pray, they should understand prayer. And so a few times I'll call my children to pray and they don't really want to pray. So I realized, okay, something needs to be done. It was not until I began to look into the scripture. And the reason for that is when I came into the faith, nobody sat me down to teach me prayer. The person that mentored me in prayer said, just carry along. Whatever you see me do, just do. And so whenever I pray, I pray like he prays. And so when it comes to prayer, we borrow vocabulary from each other. You are the God that moves mountain. The one that says yes and no man can say no. But because I heard Brother John say it, I realized a good way to pray. I craft those words. And so when I pray, I pray the same thing Brother John prayed. However, prayer is not so. I've seen a distinct, a huge difference between when I prayed under the law and now praying under grace. When God began to transition the message in our hearts and in the body, when God began to open our eyes to what the gospel of grace is all about, I had to sit down and began to look into the scriptures, trying to figure out how then do you pray? Because when I prayed under the law, I prayed almost as if I was pleading for God to do something. But when I began to understand the gospel of grace, it changed my view completely. I realized there is more to prayer than just the few words that I blab that I think God has heard. Now hear me. In Luke, I believe chapter 10, something profound Jesus said. He said, everyone who asks, receive. Baseline. Everyone who asks, receive. What Jesus was saying is, it doesn't matter whether you're a Muslim, it doesn't matter where you're from, as long as you ask, you will receive. I know I've just pulled some people's theory there. The truth is, the same Muslim you're talking about, the same guy that is out there praying, is the same God that created all of us. But what distinguishes the believer from every other person? That is what you and I want to tackle this morning. 
And so when it comes to prayer, I want to, first of all, talk about the fundamentals of prayer. Prayer is so vast. If you allow time, we can teach prayer for the next eight weeks and still not exhaust the topic. Because we're going to come into prayer of supplication, prayer of things, the various prayers that were mentioned in the scriptures. But before we touch on all of that, the Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? There is a fundamental aspect of prayer that we all need to know. There's a foundation to prayer. And that is what I want to talk about today. I also believe this, that prayer is the greatest asset that a believer has. Prayer is also a weapon for the believer. But although now the difference in how we pray depends on our belief. Our belief comes as a result of knowledge. For the believer and for those that have understood the gospel of grace, that's what I want to talk about today. Knowledge of what? The knowledge of the finished work of Christ. Now the next question would be, what does that mean in prayer? And I'm glad you asked. But before I break that down, let me just paraphrase what we mean by this finished work of Christ. I know you all know it, but for the sake of this message, please just follow with me. Amen? Now, the finished work of Christ is simply this, that I am saved by believing. It sounds very simple. I'm not saved because I repented. Because repentance is only a sign that I realize what God has done through Jesus Christ. Are you following me? The question is, is it my obedience? Is it my consecration? Is it my dedication that make me right with God? The answer is no. I am made right with God prior to all of that. I am made right with God because of what Jesus did. In other words, the finished work of Christ placed me in a right standing with God. As a result of the supernatural grace of God, I am justified. As a result of that, it is not because I am sorry for my sins. It is not because I have repented. It is all because of what Jesus has done. In other words, it is not because I repented, I got saved. Jesus already did it. It is because I believed in what Jesus has done. Are you following me? So therefore, what does that mean? Jesus bringing me in a right relationship with God brought me into a union with Christ. 
The union with Christ, therefore, is what drives everything that I do. And for the believer, what the union with Christ simply means is Jesus has become my consciousness. Are you following me? Jesus has become my consciousness. And it is this consciousness that is the element in which prayerful activity moves. In other words, it is this consciousness that measures and defines my disposition, the object, my feeling, and the content of my prayer. Are you following me thus far? I am placed right with Christ, with God, because of what Jesus did. And because of what Jesus did, I have been brought into a union. This union is what drives everything that I do. What I do, what I say, the thoughts of my heart, this union drives it. Because this union then becomes a consciousness. And it's this consciousness that measures and defines my disposition, the object, my feeling, and the content of my prayers. Case in point, let me give you an example. Every one of us here have either encountered or have experienced a woman that is pregnant. Correct? I didn't hear everybody say something. Yes. I want to believe. When a woman is pregnant, she doesn't need anyone outside of her to tell her she's pregnant. There is a consciousness that she's carrying something in her body. Is that correct? For the men, you may not have carried pregnancy, but you would have been around a woman that is pregnant. You literally want to treat her like a fragile person. Is that correct? It would be insane for a woman that is pregnant to stand on that stage and want to jump down. Is that correct? Why would she not do that? Because she is conscious of something she is carrying in her body. I want you to follow me because I'm trying to drive home a point. That's why I'm taking my time to drive home this point. Because she's pregnant, she's careful what she eats, how she walks, what she says. Everything about her changes. In the same way, I want you to think about the consciousness of your union with God. It is in that same consciousness God wants you to carry that union. If the woman that is pregnant is careful not to jump from this high place because she's conscious of the changes in her body. So you have to be conscious of the changes in your spirit, man. So that begins to drive the vocabulary that comes out of your mouth. It begins to drive what you do. It drives how you pray. 
it informs all that you do. That consciousness of the union that you have with Christ. Because in God's economy, everything that you do is sees as Jesus Christ doing it. In God's economy. You may be asking me, how does that affect prayer? Because the truth is, if you don't understand your position, if you don't understand what the cross of Jesus has done for you, there's a tendency you'll be praying the opposite direction of what you ought to be praying towards. Are you following me? Prayer, therefore, should be intentional. As a matter of fact, I always say this. You pray more now under grace than you used to pray under the law. Listen, because under the law, you can say, I went to pray for 40 hours and God answered my prayer. You make that boast. But what is grace for you? Grace is coming into something that you did never had a part of in the first place. Grace is a complete dependence on God for your daily existence. In other words, when it comes to prayer, you do not pray like you're praying towards the throne. You pray like you are seated on the throne. Two different places completely. Prayer to the throne says, God, that you will do for me. Are you following me? Praying towards the throne says, God, you will do for me. Praying from the throne says, God, I thank you that you have done for me. Amen. I want you to follow me. The reason is because if you can get what I'm going to say this afternoon, it will change completely the way you pray. And I want to tell you this, you're going to get a 100% answer. Hey, listen, the reason why you're going to get a 100% answer has nothing to do with you. Because prayer in the first place has nothing to do with you. Hallelujah. Did you ever hear Jesus say this? Hitherto, in John chapter 16, have you not asked anything in my name? He said, from now on, though, when I go, ask that your joy may be full. Follow me. The reason your prayers are answered, I repeat, has nothing to do with the longevity of the words that you speak. Uh, some of you are not going to like me. Yeah, I mean that two hours prayer that you just prayed. I'm talking about the fasting that you thought you had, that it was you that did it. I'm saying to you, if it had to do with you, there are so many prices you had to pay. Yes. Remember when the disciples asked Jesus Christ, teach us to pray. And he said, this is how you should pray. He taught them under the law. Yes. And the problem that we have had, we have crafted those prayers and think that that's what Jesus wanted us to pray. 
And so what happens is we get frustrated when we don't see answers or we feel like God is not hearing us. But that prayer, the Lord's prayer, was meant for the Jews. Had nothing to do with you. Ten steps to prayer that you bought from Christian store. That's just what it is. You've just read a book. Because prayer under grace is a prayer of relationship. It's just like in, when you are in love with someone. When you replace spontaneity to routine, you've taken the edge of romance off of that relationship. Prayer, first of all, the first basis of prayer is that it is a relationship and it is because you are being made right with God. You see, that is why sometimes you can groan. You don't even have to say a word, but God gets it. I'm going to repeat it. I want this to sink home. The fact that you can pray for five hours, believe me, you, I can stand with you. I can pray for 12 hours straight. But I realized all of that were just futility. They were exercised in futility. Because after I get up and I've sweated and I'm happy, and then I turn around, I don't see answers to some of these prayers. They baffle me. Until I realize that the basis of which God answers my prayer has to do with Jesus and nothing more. Do you remember when Jesus was going to wake Lazarus up? And he said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Listen, the minute you've come into this union, it really doesn't matter that you don't even know how to pray. You can just pour out your heart to God. That is prayer. That is what prayer is all about. It is not that you are the mighty of the mightiest. You are the one that moves the mountain into the sea. You are the one that carries the building into the parking lot. You are the one that lifts the vehicle onto the road. It has nothing to do with that. It just simply has to do with, I am your father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. How many of you ever believe the word of Jesus? That if he says it, he means it. Yes. One of the reasons why I'm teaching on this today is, I want, to, I want to help us. For some people, you give them the mic, come and pray. They are scared because they don't know what words to say. And I used to be like that. What I'm saying is, from now on, irrespective of where you are, when people call you to pray, they have called you to come talk to them about your relationship. Are you following me? The question then is, how do you define prayer under grace? Here is my definition of prayer under grace. Prayer under grace 
is a relationship-based posture that allows man to exercise his authority on earth. Prayer is a relationship-based posture that allows man to exercise his authority on earth. Psalm 115. The earth he has given to the children of men. In the beginning, God created man and woman. And he said, have dominion over everything that he has created. In other words, what God gave to man is, based on the relationship I have with you, you have dominion over everything. And that is why Jesus would say, you will say to this mountain, be thou moved and be thou cast into the sea. And you do not doubt in your heart. He said, it shall be done. The second aspect of prayer under grace is it boosts your confidence. And the reason it boosts your confidence because it has nothing to do with you. First John chapter 5. This is the confidence that we have in him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And because we know he hears us, whatever it is that we are petitioned him, we know we have the answers. What I'm trying to debunk is this thing about unanswered prayers. There is nothing like unanswered prayers. Nothing like it. I want you to show me in the scripture. You may not get the answer immediately. Doesn't mean God did not answer the prayer. If the scripture tells you, everyone who asks receive, is it that the word of God is true or it is not true? If Jesus was going to put a condition, all he would have said is, hitherto, by now you have not asked anything in my name. Now, there are some things you are going to ask in my name, the Father will do. Are you following me? Are you, are, you, are you really following me? Because what kills us most times when we come to prayer is we're thinking in our head, will this prayer be answered? But I'm not taking away the fact that there are some things you ask for that can come as a result of time. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is you first have to know this truth though, that the reason your prayer is answered is because of Jesus. In other words, there is no unanswered prayers. It is not knowing that our prayers are answered that erodes our confidence. It is the reason why sometimes we are called to pray, we don't show up. Because we think the prayer we prayed yesterday was not answered. Why are you going to call me to another prayer time? What I'm saying to you, that prayer has its basis in Jesus. Has nothing to do with the believer. It is not whether I have consecrated myself. It is not you have to repent before you pray. Listen, if it has to do with repentance before we pray, then it has voided out the gospel of grace. Yes. 
before you ever came into the scene, Jesus paid the price. He was slain before the foundations of the world. You have come into a relationship. What drives this relationship is the finished work of Christ. The finished work of Christ says God has finished it for me. Therefore, when I open my mouth to pray, my prayers are answered. Because under grace, you pray from victory. You don't pray for victory. Are you following me? Under grace, you pray from strength. You don't pray for strength. Under grace, you already know you are rich. You are not going to be rich. For your sake, he became poor. That you through his poverty may become rich. Under grace, you are not praying to be healed. You are praying for the manifestation of the finished work of healing. Amen. In other words, I don't get on my knees and say, God, that you will heal my body. No. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I have been healed. Under grace, I receive the manifestation of that which Christ has paid for me. When you understand this, Remember what I said, that the consciousness of the finished work of Christ is what measures and defines your disposition, the objects, your feeling, and the content of your prayers. That's what does it. But to break it further down, I want to touch on this. How does God see our prayers? One of the most valuable things to God is to hear your voice. Are you, are you following me? One of the most valuable things to God is to hear your voice. That's why Jesus will boastfully say, I thank you that you always hear me. Your prayers are heard the minute you pray them. Your prayers are answered the minute you open your mouth. That is why I say you pray from confidence. You don't pray questioning whether God is going to answer your prayers or not. The problem we face many times though is what we have experienced, we bring it into the arena of prayer. I used to know a girl that we used to talk about prayer. And she said to me, you know, you know I noticed something. Every time I wake up at 2 a.m. and I pray, every prayer I pray at 2 a.m., God answers it. I said, what about the one you prayed at 6 a.m.? She said, I'm just telling you there's something about 2 a.m. 
And so she would wake up at 2 a.m. It became a religious thing. She thought it was, she, she had a corner on God when it came to that prayer time. So one day it happened that the prayer she prayed at 2 a.m. did not work. So she said to me, I think God wants me to change the time. So I said, okay, what time is God picking this time around? I said, maybe the ideal time would be 12 midnight because according to where I come from, it is the time where the works of darkness are out. And so you wake up at 12 to actually destroy those works so that they don't have a manifestation in your life. The fallacy to that is that it takes away the finished work of Christ. Because you then think it has, it has to do with location, with a certain word, or with certain disposition of your heart in regards to what you're doing right or wrong. You have taken away the Jesus factor. Yes. Listen, I think from where I come from, we believe we have a corner to prayer. Seriously. And I don't mean it derogatively, please. Please, don't, don't take it as an offense. I'm just saying that from Africa, we think we have a corner on prayer. And I say to them all the time, if really we indeed we have a corner to prayer, we will not have the most problem in the entire continent of the world. I mean, I'm telling you, that's the way I see it. But when they bring us into prayer, we are the ones that pray a whole lot. And I think that it is good. I think it is one of the most beautiful things, except that we think it has a lot to do with us. But when we take away the us factor and we allow it to be all about Jesus, it will change everything about what we do. Amen. I mean, should you pray more under grace? Yes, because under grace you are completely dependent on God. But what it does is it removes you from this equation. The fact that you're praying and opening your mouth and talking to God, yes, that is important. But what is of utmost importance is that you are dependent on someone for the answers to this prayer. So these are the fundamentals of praying. One, it has to do with your position in Christ. Number one. Number two, it boosts your confidence. Your position in Christ drives everything that you say when it comes to prayer. Are you following me? When it comes to prayer many times, like I was saying with the self-help books, they tell us five effective ways to pray. I have a load of books when it comes to prayer. But I'm just trying to get something across to you this morning. And this is it. That it is not about the self-help books. It is all about a relationship. I mean, imagine this. Many of us are parents in this place. It's like your children coming together and says, you know what? There are five ways to be able to talk to daddy. 
Let's knock on his door in the morning. We go stand by the bed lamp. Then you say, good morning, Papa. Can I make my request of you? I am sorry for anything I would have done yesterday. Forgive me. But please do what it is that I'm asking you to do now. Now, that seems very funny. But that's what those self-help books do. So that they create a barrier in our minds that takes away the factor of the relationship we ought to have with God. That we can boldly come to the presence of God and just say to God what it is that is on our hearts. Without looking for brothers John vocabularies. You are the mountain mover. You are the one that levels the valley. You are the one that I call upon and you can answer me. You are the one that says yes when, no man, when every man says no. You are the one that lifts me up when I'm down. We feel like after we say all these things that we cannot come to God and say now God, here is my heart's desire. But under grace, this does not have bearing at all. Grace says the middle wall of partition has been broken down. You have access to this God to sit at his lap. It says you are seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father. How close can you get again? How much do you want to approach the throne on having this understanding? Remember, it is lack of this understanding of our position in God that drives the way we ask God for stuff in prayer. We think God is this far away person. And because he's far away, there are steps to approach him. Whereas as far as God is, is as close as the breath that comes out of your mouth. He is that close to you. That's why I said this morning, I want to deal with the fundamentals of prayer. Just the foundation. Let's talk about the foundation. The foundation is you have boldness already to come. You have access to come. A way has been created for you. Is your father. And that's why I said, we don't want to touch about the types of prayer. So going to types of prayer, we're going to talk about Pauline prayer. Why he prayed all those prayers. We are not talking about that. I just want to talk about the contents of your prayer every morning when you get up. What drives it? Why do you pray the way you pray? It's your belief. It's your understanding of what Jesus has done for you. Do we address principalities? Do we address powers? Are those prayers under grace? But without understanding who we are in God, our confidence in prayer is already eroded. What does it matter if you call me to pray and I have just two vocabularies? I am this confident that God has heard me. What does it matter if I just have one word? I am this confident that God has heard me. 
Because the word, one word becomes two words and two words become three words because one, it is a relationship that I'm cultivating. It is a relationship that is evolving. It is a relationship that is growing. When your children were two years old, there's a way in which they relate to you. But when they become older, there's a different level of relationship. But it still does not change one thing that is fundamental that they have access to you anytime. I remember one day my son was trying to get me. He must have called me like 20 times. And my phone was in silence. So finally when he got hold of me, that's my middle son. And he is very bold to say anything. He said to me, how come I've been calling you and you did not pick up your phone? And I'm looking at him like, gee. The last time I checked, I checked the rings on my finger. It wasn't you that gave me. Then he ended the conversation by saying this to me. When next I call you, make sure you pick up. <laughs> really? So I said to him, yes, sir. But you see, it is the level of relationship that gives him that much confidence. What am I saying? Grace has allowed you that access to boost your confidence in your father. Amen. Your vocabulary should not be crafted out of a book. Listen, you can read the self-help book. I'm not saying don't, please. I'm just saying that the self-help books are not what gives you access to the father. Yes. It is a relationship that has given you access to the father. It is a consciousness of what you carry that allows you that access to the Father. That you can boastfully call upon Him. It has everything to do with that. The next question is, how do I develop this consciousness? Don't forget, if there's anything I want you to take away tonight, the outcome of this message this morning is that one, you understand your position in Christ when it comes to prayer, period. Number two, that it inspires you to pray more. How do you develop this consciousness? This consciousness, remember, is what I said emphasizes and brings about the measurable and defining place of your disposition, the object, the feeling, and the content of your prayer. What does this consciousness mean? This consciousness can only be developed through the word of God and through fellowship. And finally, through prayer. But understand that we're talking about prayer. How then do you develop this consciousness? Listen, I want you to learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. It's not whether you kneel to pray. It's not whether you're prostrated to pray. It is not whether you are seated to pray. It is not whether you are standing to pray. Listen, what I'm doing this afternoon, I just want to debunk everything that we have held onto. I went to a prayer meeting one day and I stood there and I was about to pray. The lady kept tugging at my hand and I'm wondering why is she tugging at my hand? She kept tugging and I'm going, we're praying, why is she doing that? She kept tugging at my hand and I'm going, why? And then finally she opened her mouth, kneel down, kneel down. I said, uh -uh. 
What has Mildan, Mildan got to do with this thing? It is a heart issue. Has nothing to do with I'm standing or where I'm sitting. Yeah, Paul has it. He said, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I lift up my hands in prayer. He does all of that. But there's nothing, nothing. It is not because whether I'm standing or whether I'm sitting, whether I'm kneeling, that God answers my prayer. God answers my prayer because of Jesus. Jesus is the basis of my answer to prayer. Whenever I pray, God sees it as Jesus praying. Whenever I open my mouth to pray, all God is hearing is Jesus. My life is hidden and in Christ. When I open my mouth, it is Jesus opening his mouth. Whenever I receive answers, it is because Jesus has answered the prayers. So I'm saying all of that to say this. It is the consciousness of that union that begins to drive the vocabulary that comes out of your mouth. So that when you stand and somebody says, is the one that moves mountain, is the unchangeable changer, is the dependable God. I'm not saying those things are not right. I'm just saying they are not a prerequisite to prayer. You don't have to have a standard to prayer. The only standard you have, please repeat after me, is what? Once you understand that, it brings everything in right perspective. You are confident, therefore, that whenever I open my mouth, my prayers are answered. Listen, you cannot pray effectively unless you are a student of the word. To the degree you know the word, to the degree you know what Jesus has done, to that degree, you can stand upon that. The Bible says, he that did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? How does that affect when I pray? It means when I pray, I say, Father, I thank you. Because all things have freely been given to me. Therefore, all that I speak out of my mouth today, I know they are already answers because they are Jesus' words. Therefore, Lord, this mountain that stands before me, I level it. This issue that is before me, I bring to bear your finished work. I declare it is done already. My body that is sick, I thank you. I have a manifestation of the life of God in my body that my entire being is healed. It will be, I thank you, God, that you always hear me. So here is the fundamental of prayer again, I repeat. It has to do with your standing in Christ. It has to do with the finished work of Jesus. It is the finished work of Jesus that drives your vocabulary, that drives the content of your prayer. It is what drives your feeling. It is what drives the object of your prayer. If Jesus has done it, it is yours. You don't need to begin to beg God to do it. He's already done it. It's not a matter of God, I'm begging you, please heal my body. God, I'm begging you, open this door. 
Jesus said, you will say to this mountain, be thou moved and be thou cast into the sea and it shall be done for you. What am I saying to you? You have a guarantee, a hundred percent answer to your prayers. Amen. Only because of what Jesus has done. Amen. I want you to take advantage of what Jesus has done. It is not what your pastor has said. It is not what my mom said. It is not what my dad said. It is what Jesus has done. That is the assurance of answered prayers. And I hope with that, it can encourage you that whenever prayer times are called, you can show up. Because whatever it is that you're asking God, it is already done. I want you to stand to your feet this afternoon with me. And I want you to thank God for the opportunity and the position that you have in him. That whatever you ask God, you know he's already done it. I want you to lift up your hands this afternoon and just give him praise for it. Listen, there are those that are still mutilating themselves for God to hear their prayers today. There are those that are afflicting their body because they want God to hear them. But you and I, that is not the case with us. Jesus said to us, it is finished. Jesus said to us, go in my name. Ask anything in my name. I want you to thank God for that privilege that you have this afternoon. That you can call on this mighty God. And he can hearken unto your voice. Not because of what you have done right but because of who he is. I want you to give him praise this afternoon. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Almighty God, for the God that you are. Our Father, the one that loves us with a perfect love, the one, O oh God, that has promised us that you are with us always even to the ends of the earth you are the one that has said to us oh god that lord we should call upon you that you will show us great and mighty things that we know not of you are the one that sent your son jesus that because of him we are justified and because of him we can call upon your name and that whenever we call upon your name we know that you have heard us already Father, I lift up all of my brothers and sisters in this assembly. I pray, Lord, for the consciousness of the finished work in our hearts. In such a way, O oh God, that this drives everything that we do. I also lift up every need in the house. I thank you, my God, because you have already answered them. It is that confidence that will push David, O oh God, that will say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not Father, thank you that every desires of every art, they are met already in the name of Jesus. Where there has been no way, we declare there is a way. Where there are shut doors, we declare there are open doors. 
Lord God Almighty, we declare, oh God, where men have said no, we declare there is favor already. That every part of our being begins to experience that which you have finished for us. That we can boastfully say, since God is for us, what can be against us? We bless you for it this afternoon. We glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tosin, for such an awesome message. Wasn't I right? <laughs> oh, man. So I guess I could throw away my self-help prayer books. <laughs> Five steps to get your prayers answered in two seconds. <laughs> but we thank God for Pastor Tosin. That was such a needed, 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 needed message. Um, right now we're moving to the part of our service where we make available our givings um, to God. Um, so if you can, um, prepare your checks. If you have checks, you can make it to WalkFan. That is uh, W-O-C-F-A-N uh, for the amount that God has laid on your heart. You can also text. Um, the number is on the screen, uh, 678-926-9529. Um, and the way you do that is you simply just uh, text that number. You will put... Uh, the amount that God has laid on your heart to give, along with any one of those keywords, tithes, missions, benevolence, thanksgiving, uh, again, whatever God has laid on your heart. And um, whenever you are ready, uh, according to the directions of the ushers, you may come to the front and also place your um, givings inside uh, the buckets that are in front of you. And may God continue to bless you. Thank you.
Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Um, we have uh, some uh, other things we need to do before we go. So, Pastor, thank you for giving me some time. You gave me some extra. <laughs> All right. Um, we have a very special Thanksgiving, and then we'll do the overall Thanksgiving, our monthly, our month end, month end Thanksgiving for everything that God has done for us. But before then, I just want the Gonzalez. There's a baby dedication. There's a birthday celebration. And then there is the general uh, Thanksgiving. Here's what we do. Let's, if you are here for the Gonzalez slash the Manadon birthday celebration, I just want, I just want us to just do all of, all of that together.
Hallelujah. All right, we are doing a devil celebration. We're dedicating baby Isaiah. And then we're celebrating his 60th birthday for his grandma. And, and I try to combine it because I don't want there to be a separation. There's a connection there. One generation, you know, to the other. So I want it to be connected and that's why, you know, we're doing it this way. All right? Um, but first of all, we want to uh, thank God for baby Isaiah. And I want you to know that in our church, we don't baptize uh, babies, but we dedicate them to God. And all we are saying is that except the Lord builds a house, the labor in vain that build it. And we want to bring baby Isaiah and present him to God and say, God, you gave this baby, you made the parents custodians of this child. Now we are asking you to give them the ability and the strength and the wisdom and the knowledge and all the resources that is required to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. All right. So uh, before then, I know you have something to say. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, hello, everybody. Thank you for coming out to celebrate with us. I do not take it for granted. Um, I want to fast forward. I, I don't know um, if some people heard my testimony about my daughter. Um, we were trying to conceive, and when I went to go get artificial insemination, I was already pregnant. So God did it before. I tried to do everything that I could in my power, but God, he took care of it. So let's fast forward to Isaiah. Since, you know, um, human beings, we have such short memories. And so... <laughs> God didn't need help before, but silly me, I'm thinking, okay, let me just plan this. In January 2018, that'll be a good time. Let me start the metformin so I can try to get pregnant again. Well, in December, I found out I was already two months pregnant, so. <laughs> After two years and of not trying, just living, um, I, uh, we weren't using any protection or any, anything, but it took two years, but we weren't looking for it to happen and it happened so we just thank God um, because he doesn't need our help <laughs> his timing is the best and sometimes we forget so let me just let this be a reminder to everybody God does not need your help he's gonna do it he, he's gonna do it he, do, he doesn't need your help so let's not forget every all the miracles that he does because he's gonna do it amen thank you so much all right uh these are the babies of the, these are the names of the baby, I'm sorry. I want to say these are the babies of the name, but. His name is Isaiah, which means Yahweh is salvation. Uh, Thomas, which is double. And then, how do you pronounce this? Kilsey, right? Kilsey, okay. Kilsey, and that's Prosper. Gonzalez. Wow. All right. Uh, Pastor, is Pastor Shino here? Okay. Just pray for the baby for us. Father, we want to thank you for this precious gift. Children, you said they are the heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Thank you for the gift of Isaiah to the Gonzalez family. Thank you for the testimony you have put in their mouth. Thank you, mighty God, because you are such an awesome God. 
We glorify your name and we receive this gift with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Father, that which you have given unto us, we give back unto you. For we are convinced and persuaded that you are able to keep whatsoever is committed into your able care. So we receive Isaiah from you and we return him back unto you for you to keep and for you to prosper and for you to tend. Lord God Almighty, we declare concerning Isaiah, the Lord, you have sent him forth as an arrow shot into the kingdom of darkness, that Isaiah will shine to the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare concerning Isaiah that it is well with him. Wherever Isaiah goes, God, you show up there. In the name of Jesus. Lord, he will pave way for you in this part of eternity. He will draw men unto you. You have given unto him gifts. The gift you have given unto him will make way for him. In the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we declare concerning him that Isaiah will glorify your name. When he is grown and it is time for him to choose, he will choose you. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the parent will declare concerning them as you have said in your word, that whosoever shall give us a cup of water to drink shall by no means lose their reward. Because they have provided a womb through which you bring forth Isaiah. They have provided a home where you are going to raise Isaiah. They are providing resources through which you bring forth Isaiah. Therefore we declare concerning them, they shall by no means lose their reward. In the name of Jesus. Say, blessed is the man who feareth the Lord. Who walketh in his way, his wife shall be like a fruitful vine in his house. And the children shall be like olive shoot around his table. Said they shall see their children, children, they shall be blessed out of Jerusalem. And the peace of Israel shall be upon them. Concerning the Gonzalez family, because they fear thee, it is well with them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Isaiah and the rest of the siblings shall be like olive shoot around the tables. In the name of Jesus. And the Gonzales will see their children's children. In the name of Jesus Christ. The peace of God is upon them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, our Redeemer God. We glorify your name. We therefore dedicate Isaiah unto you in the name of God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, before I... I, I uh, go to the next one. I just want to present you this Bible. And the reason why we do this is not for you to just put it somewhere and uh, listen. We want you to read the Word of God. We believe that the Word of God is the foundation for everything. It is also the building block to raising anybody that God wants to raise. And God, like you have heard, pray, heard the prayer, God has something for this child. And we want you to use this Word of God as a foundation to raising him up the way God wants you to raise him up. God bless you. All right. Uh, she's smiling. <laughs> All right. Let me just let you talk. Let me not say anything. Uh, go ahead. So what do you want to say? <laughs> wow. 
Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the living God. Our God is good. Hmm. Um, well, Pekka said that. Um, well, Pekka, he said that the day that the mother would die, we would we peck, I think, brick, and put the mother inside. But unfortunately, that day. I don't know what God told Woopeka. Maybe he did not serve him. So, Woopeka mouth swallowed up and he couldn't do what he wanted to do. He only see and he started crying, looking for the mother being with away. So, today, it would, have been, it would have been a joyful day for Beatrice. Because, why? What the devil meant for evil? God always mean it for good. And for that reason, there are also many obstacles I've been through. But here I am. I'm still a survivor. I am a conqueror. I am more than victorious. And I will be here to see my sixth, fifth generation. And it must be so. In the name of Jesus. Because I serve a living God. Amen. Let me just go through about three incidents. People, so many people, when they celebrate, they celebrate their wealth, what they have acquired in life, what they are, they are, they are joyful way. Whatever you know, they got is what they you know celebrate. But my celebration is God that ever stood by me in this terrible situation. Where I could have been a history, but now I am here presently talking to people that they don't even know me. I know there are some few, very few, that we grow up, we go to school together. I think one person is here. 1994, I was in class two in Bidabi Memorial Grammar School in Nigeria. One morning, I woke up. 74. <laughs> 1974. 19, 19, Memorial Grammar School, my second year in school. I woke up one Friday morning. After dinner, and we pray, we slept. I woke up. I didn't know where I was. All I heard is that she's in the hospital. I was in the hospital. Critical condition. The doctor said they gave me 20 minutes. By 20 minutes, if I don't die, everybody should thank God. The metro called everybody. He called the principal. He said that this is bad news. Behold, 20 minutes passed, Beatrice was still breathing. 30 minutes passed, I'm still existing. 15 minutes passed. She see there. Oh, doctor say, wow, this is miracle. Who is here? He has never seen this situation. That gone. 1978. I was dropping my cousin in the airport, going to Britain for study. As we came back from the airport crash i enter a terrible accident my cousins we, we are many in the family in the 
tax in the in the in the van. I was one of the critical one that I couldn't have survived. One of them died on the spot. So many were sent to the hospital. I escaped that one. It became history. Here I am again. They are coming. They never wait. But they will ever see God, not me. When they come for destruction, my father will just close that grave and I will walk through it. By the time they know, I'm like that, going. So, 19, 2002, I was coming from Nigeria. 30 minutes in the air. Hair break loose. I was so sick to the extent that I don't know where I was. That one came with me till I reached United States of America. To the extent that at the point, they have to call, invite doctors on the board. They came. They asked me, did you drink pure water? I said, yes. <laughs> I did do. They gave me, I don't know what they gave me. That sustained me till I reached Amsterdam. At the time we are about to come out of the plane, they gave me another small tablet. That took me to Atlanta, Georgia. By 12 midnight, Mr. Mando has to call his friend, Dr. Johnson. The wife is sick. He has to land in that hospital. I survived it. It did not take my life. 19... Just give me one more, just one more time. <laughs> if I keep saying, I can, okay, okay, three, okay, let me just one more. <laughs> Two, okay, 2016, on my way to Nigeria from United States, six hours in the plane. As I don't know what happened, I wanted to stand up, you know, to stand up, I couldn't stand up. My hand was so stiff. My body, all my body was contracted. I didn't know what happened. I could not breathe. I started shouting. I can't bleed. Oh God, please help me, help me. The flight attendant, they ran out, you know, they all came, three of them. Ma'am, what happened? I said, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. I can't stand. My leg is like everywhere. It's so stiff. I was in terrible pain. So the lady asked me, are you do you have uh, do you do you have blood pressure? I say yes. Did you take medication? I say yes, but I have not taken medication for a long time. Say Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He called three bottles of water right away. I drank, they lay me on the floor. All the doctors came, the nurses came, prayer, pastor came, they started praying. They do one day. They gave me medication. The next 30 minutes I'm alive. I'm going straight to Nigeria. All have gone. But Beatrice is here. 60. 60 plus. And with all these grandchildren. <laughs> hey, to God be the glory. Amen. 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 All right. We thank God for everything. We thank God for 60 years. That is, that is good. I know if I let you, you will you keep going. Alright, but this afternoon the Bible says your children will call you blessed. I just want her son to bless her this afternoon. Alright. Amen.
Man, you know when people are drunk on real alcohol and then they got all these stories to tell. <laughs> when you drunk in the spirit. <laughs> uh, let's uh, stretch our hands to pray. Um, this woman right here is a very incredible woman. One of her greatest testimonies is her first son. I don't know about all the other children. <laughs> I'm teasing. But we thank God for her life. We want to thank God for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Father God, we just thank you so very much for our mother, who you have called, who you have destined for great things. Thank you so very much for who you have been in her life. We thank you for her life, Father God. We thank you for the greatness that you have called her to. We thank you for the miracles that you have performed in her life. We say, Father God, that though her past was great, her future is greater. We declare that everything that you have promised her will come to pass. Father God, that she will see generations and generations and generations to come. Men and women who will testify of your goodness in her life. We thank you for 60 year, wonderful years. And Father God, we are thanking you now for 60 more wonderful years. May you continue to do wonderful things through her. Father God, that you will be able to touch more people through her. Father God, that you will be able to deliver more people through her because you have destined her for such a time like this. We thank you, Father God, for her family, for all her children. We thank you for her friends, for extended family, those who have come uh, near and far to come celebrate with her. We thank you, Father God, because of the testimony that you have placed in her life that many have been affected. And so, Father God, we just glorify you. We acknowledge your goodness. We acknowledge your greatness in the life of, of, of our mother. And we just pray in the name of Jesus that the manifestation of your glory that began in her life will continue to continue and to continue to bless many others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Jesus, you All right, let's go up to our seats. Too much, oh, too 